something to say. Hello everybody, how are you doing today? I'm doing alright. My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and today we're going to talk about something that is kind of months away but needs to start now if you're going to be doing it. Nano prep. Now for those of you who don't know what that's about, Nano or NaNoWriMo is National Novel Writing Month and it takes place every year in November. November, yes. It is September now. Why are we talking about Nano? now when it's months away because you need to get ready the whole point of national novel writing month and i encourage anyone who thinks that they might have a story in them to try it because when you're with a large group of people that are all working towards the same goal it is empowering in ways that's really hard to explain for those who've never actually done it but the purpose of nano is to write fifty thousand words in 30 days in the 30 days of November to write 50,000 words. That's a lot. That's 1,667 words a day, if you write every day for each of the 30 days. Now that may not sound like a lot, but for a lot of writers, we're happy when we hit 800 words a day. Yeah, we set our goals higher. You know, personally, I don't feel satisfied if I write under 2,400 words a day, but I don't often do that. I, I try to do 16, but still often fall short of that. So the beauty of National Novel Writing Month is that it is a marathon. You and a bunch of other people get to the starting line and charge. You rush out there and you see how far you can get, see if you can hit your 50,000 word mark, maybe even finish your book. And for those of you who are wondering, the easiest example of this, because a lot of us had to read it in high school, The Great Gatsby is around 50,000 words. So if you remember that book, that, that's about 50,000 words. Um, in fact, I do believe every novel H.P. Lovecraft ever wrote is under 50,000 words. So, you know, The Strange Case of Charles Dexter Ward, um, At the Mountains of Madness, The um, Dreams of Unknown Kadath. I do believe all of those are actually under 40,000 words. Just to give you some perspective on what this is. Now, the reason 50,000 words is the target is no matter what genre you're writing in, the literary associations that judge those things for the big awards will consider a book that long or longer as a novel. And so that's where the number comes from. It, it does make for a novel length fiction or really long novella, depending on how you, if you want to be, you know, how you want to be about it. Um, and it's a great target to hit. And I've often found with my own fiction that it's a good target to aim for for the word count just because it makes for a an easy read. It makes... it, it It's cozy. I don't know. There's something about it that I really like, both writing and reading in that area. I, I do read books that are longer, and sometimes I'm perfectly all right with that, like with the Harry Potter books. I was perfectly all right with their gigantic, sprawling word counts, and sometimes that's a good thing. And there are other books that I have read over the years that, you know, if they would have cut them back to a concise 50, um, <laughs> yeah, they would have been much better books. 
So, you know, it, it's a decent word count. That doesn't actually have to be the entire book. It's just 50,000 words. So if you're writing a book that's longer than that, as long as you hit your 50,000 words within the 30 days, you're still counted as a winner. Okay? So that's the basic idea of National Novel Writing Month. And I really encourage anybody who thinks that they may have a story in them to try. Just just give it a try. See what happens. And whether you ever think you're going to show it to anybody else or publish it or anything, just give it a try. See if you can get that story out because it's a great time to get involved with everybody else. Kind of get your, that wind in your sails and you see how other people are doing and you kind of feed. It, it creates a positive feedback loop that really helps you get the words done. So I'm, this is supposed to be the friction, the fiction Friday show where I talk about what's going on with my work. And while I am continuing work on, um, stone of heaven, which is going to get done, <laughs> um, sooner or later it will be done. I have also begun work on the follow-up to crucify my love, which is a book that I wrote for Nano last year. And when I came up with the idea for Crucify, it was part of a trilogy. And so if you're wondering why that one's not on Amazon or really changed much since I wrote it, since the draft version that's up on Wattpad right now, it's because I want to get all three stories written and then do one giant sweep through the text and then take that. And uh, there's some things I want to try with the actual publication of it that would be different for me that I wanted to do. So Crucify My Love, wrote that last year. This year I'm going to be writing Sanctify My Sin to be the follow-up. Now I find myself in a very precarious situation when it comes to how to do outlining and how to prepare this year. Because in years past I was an outliner and I was a very strict outliner and I worked on my outlines very very hard and I kept my outlines and that helped me get through my word count and helped me to get the stories done that I wanted to do. Last year, I became a quasi-pantser. <laughs> I, I, I wrote two books last year by the seat of my pants, you know, without an outline, which is not entirely true. I mean, I had a rough idea of what I was doing when I wrote them. Um, I actually had a very detailed outline for Labyrinth of Souls, but the story did not want to follow it, and so I followed the story rather than the outline, which was a unique experience for me. As far as um, Crucify went, I kind of had an idea of the majority of the characters that would show up in it. I knew some of the main beats that I wanted to cover in the story, so I kind of knew, you know, like, what would happen at by certain points of the story, but I didn't exactly know the whys and the hows. And still, within that very loose outline that I had last year, the story still found ways to change from what I thought was going to happen, because I would kind of, at the beginning of my day every day, kind of sit back and go, okay, so this is where I am, that's where I'm heading, so let's, so the characters will probably do this particular thing in this chapter and sit down to do that. And quite often the characters would kind of laugh at me and say, eh, kinda, but we're going to do this other thing. Which, for me, was a wonderful experience. I enjoyed writing that book so much, and I think that it became a much better book because it was allowed to breathe and go in all of the different directions that it wanted to go. So what am I going to do for my na nano prep this year? 
Well, number one, I really need to get a good idea of the characters. One of the things that made that book possible was I had an idea of the setting already, the city that it took place in, and the circumstances surrounding the events that led to the events of that book. I also knew what was actually causing the problem and how it could be resolved. I actually had a couple options of how it could be resolved, and the story through the writing ended up moving stronger towards one of them, and that, that's how it ended. Um, I actually want to try to be a little bit more prepared for this book, because there were several characters that, like Granger. Granger was not intended from the start of the book. She was a character that was in my head as kind of a small character that we would meet a couple times, and not one that would join the core cast of the story as the time went on. She she demanded a much more prominent role in the story than I had originally granted to her, which is good because, as is often the case in my stories, that they're either all boy or all girl, and sometimes a little mix of the two. Um, and that that's my own issues manifesting there. But, so... Huh. I need to get a better grasp of the characters and what the various through lines are going to be for them before I get started this year. And that's kind of where I think if you're a pantser, it's a good place to get started. If you have just a rough idea, I still think you should be doing prep. And this is where I found the works of John Truby to be very handy. Well, I think he goes overboard and I think his actual, he gives kind of a recipe for a story. And while I'm not opposed to it, and I think it would work as a viable story method, I have tried several kind of formulations, you know, like these are the beats that should be hit at these points, and I am not 100% on whether or not I would want to follow his, and that's not, not, not a slight on him. Um, it's just I've kind of been doing more of this uh, Kisho Tenketsu thing and really enjoying that model of storytelling. Um, Hmm. So my plans are to do the premise work that John Truby actually puts forward in. I think that that will help me get a much better grasp of the characters, the story, and exactly what I'm wanting to do. And I think that if you're a pantser, that's actually, you know, a wonderful way to approach the story. Because if the first thing that I kind of do is I approach through uh, um, Blake Snyder's ideas of genre, which I believe are covered in his book, um, Save the Cat Goes to the Movies. I believe that's the book that he does his deep dive into genre. Because his genres are not the same genres that you're thinking of. It's not sci-fi fantasy and whatnot. It's, uh, you know, full triumphant, institutionalized, monster in the house, um, golden fleece. And his idea of genre is much more, you know, when when you see books that are talking about there are only these many kinds of stories, yeah, it's, it's more that kind of a thing. But what, where I find it valuable, but one of the most important things that he kind of gets at, and you can debate whether he's right about this, but these are, his genres, as he puts it, are the only stories that are commercial, commercially viable. That every book... Or movie that has ever made money has been in one of these genres. And I agree. I actually kind of took that up as a challenge, and as I often do with these story ideas, when somebody makes a bold 
claim like that. Went through my DVD collection, went through my novel collection, went through the TV series that I like. Yeah, he, he's pretty much right on. And his idea of genre is also much vaguer than the I and more specific than other people that would give you a formula for a story. So basically what he says is, so like in a monster in the house story, you have three components. You have the monster, which is the thing that's running around terrorizing everybody. The house, which is the self-contained unit that is being terrorized. And the sin, that thing that released the monster or that called the monster or brought the monster about. So you find those three elements and use that to construct your first premise for the story and develop from there. And depending on how you want to see a lot of stories, there are actually quite a few that you can put in here. The most obvious, of course, is Alien, right? Mother, the sin, mother tells them to go to the planet. Go to, what is it, LV-126? Oh, I feel so bad, I can't remember the actual number of the planet. But at any rate, mother very specifically tells them to go into the planet for strange reasons. Wakes them up, diverts them. It's all kind of secretive. And you can tell, obviously, in the first Alien movie, that is the sin. Because of the way the crew reacts. The crew of the Nostromo reacts to these orders. They're strange. They don't make sense. Why are they not allowed to talk about why and what have you? All right? So Mother commits the sin, which sends them all to the planet. While they're on the planet, they encounter the, egg, the eggs. Bishop gets attacked. Back up to the ship. So now the Nostromo is the house. And of course, the Xenomorph is the monster. And now you have the basic premise of Alien. When the Wayland yutani changes the course of a ship to go investigate an anomaly, they encounter an alien that they accidentally bring back to the ship that tries to kill them all. So there you go. House, sin, and monster. And depending on how you want to see it, I think you could also do the same breakdown for Ghostbusters and a lot of other stories as well. Um, and in some ways, I think it's a very fun argument whether or not Aladdin is an out-of-the-bottle story, or if it's a monster-in-the-house story, which genre it actually fits into, because I think it's actually a monster-in-the-house story, and Jafar is actually the main character from that point of view, because it's Jafar's sin that sends Aladdin into the Cave of Wonders, where he gets the genie. The genie is the monster, right? The genie ruins all of Jafar's plans, right? And then... The house being Agrabah. And of course, the one who's ultimately destroyed by this was almost Aladdin and almost Jasmine, but definitely Jafar. Jafar himself was destroyed by this. And so it's very interesting when you look at Aladdin through the, that light. You can look at it through a couple other genres, depending on how you want to see the story. It could be full triumphant from the point of view of Aladdin, what have you. But for me, the brilliance of doing this is... By the end of this pro process, you have a simple one-liner to contain what is, by this point in the process, probably a fairly amorphous idea. And so you pick your genre, you create your premise using Blake Snyder's method, and then I would run that premise through John Truby's premise. premise. So th that's probably what I'm going to do this year. I'm curious what your nano prep is going to look like if you are going to be engaging in it. And like I said, whether you consider yourself a full-time writer, whether you want to be a full-time writer, whether you're someone like me who is obsessively compelled to tell stories all day, every day, and does that, 
Um, or not. If you think you have a story in you, try to tell it. I, I think it's very much worth your worth your while to at least experiment and to see. And you never know. You may write the worst thing ever written and become very successful like E.L. James. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. That was naughty of me. I shouldn't make fun of Fifty Shades. I shouldn't. I often do, but I shouldn't. Eh, at least I didn't bring up Stephanie Myers. Oops. No. I kid. People like those stories. They connected with people, so they weren't. Uh, they were obviously successful on some level, or people wouldn't have liked them. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Is I'm going to be taking the idea that I have for Sanctify, um, putting it through the process, and seeing what pops out. And I'm starting it now because, as very often happens with me, the premise that I initially have for a story mutates over time as I fiddle with it in my mind. And the actual idea that I start writing is different. Sometimes significantly so, sometimes in minor details, but it, it's very often different. So I'm going to start playing around with Sanctify now and see where it leads me and what ends up coming from it. And I'm really curious what you guys are up to. If you're planning on partaking in National Novel Writing Month this year, do let me know. I, I'd love to see what all stories and even more interesting to me because I'm that kind of a fiction geek what what methods you're using and they don't even have to be like well go read this book because you know I think there's kind of the pantheon of books that we've all kind of played through and you know that's John Bonet stealing fire from the gods which is a riff on Joseph Campbell's hero with a thousand faces but different in certain ways um you have your you know, your John Trubies, you have your Blake Snyders. Blake Snyders seems to be getting more um, people interested in his stuff lately, which is interesting. I've, I've heard other people reference him a lot more lately than I have in the past. Um, and a lot of other people that I'm currently forgetting because I basically just listed my favorites. <laughs> and I'm curious what's yours because I think one of the things that really makes writing interesting is seeing how other people do it and i think that's true for storytelling in any form or creativity in any form you know it's one of the things that i love about the art assignment is while i am not an artist in that sense especially when they go into the creative process of either a school of art or a particular artist seeing how they handle with their creative instincts and how they make it through those things. I, I, I don't know. I find that interesting to see how that works. And it, I often glean things from my own life. So the other thing that I will be doing is starting to put together playlists to inspire the story that I'm working on. And I'm curious if any of you can name the song that Sanctify My Sins gets its name from. I think I've actually mentioned it on the podcast, if anybody was paying attention, a while back. But yeah, that, that is a line from a song that inspired the story. If you can, hit me up on social media. I would love to see what you think. <laughs> see if you can answer that. Um, if you have anything else to say to me, you can hit me up on social media, especially Twitter. Twitter's the easiest one to engage with me on because I'm on Twitter way too much. That, that's kind of my favorite social network. So you can find links to my social media accounts. Uh, I hate saying that. Um, over at projectshadow.com, as well as links to every place this podcast is available. Um, and it's available in a lot of places. Um, 
Yeah, so I feel like I had something else that I wanted to say, but I didn't write it down, so there it goes. Um, if you want, if you can support this podcast and you want to, one easy way that you can do that is whatever you're listening to me on, if you can give it a like or rate it in some way, that really does help the podcast out if you're able to do that. Um, share with people that you think will find what I'm talking about interesting. That helps out a lot. And I want to say thank you to everybody who has been sharing the podcast. If you would like to be on the podcast, you can follow me over at anchor.fm. You can find a link to that on my website. It's anchor.fm slash project shadow. Um, follow that. If you go over there, you can follow, follow me in the anchor app and leave me a one minute message that I can use on the site with your questions or comments. That would be very cool to do. If you feel like supporting me financially, you can head over, you can, uh, in whatever you're listening to me on, look at the show notes and you'll see a support on Anchor. If you click that, you can support me at the $1, $5, or $10 a month. That really would help me out to keep everything going that I'm wanting to do, especially as I'm struggling over whether or not to buy vellum right now, because thanks to my patrons and other wonderful people who have employed me to create artwork and stories for them. I have enough money to buy vellum sitting in my account. I don't know if it's the right thing to do. Uh, if you want to make that easier for me and help me have a little bit more money so I'm not stingy about when I should spend it, you can help out there. If you want to support everything that I do, you can head over to patreon.com slash cedorset and support everything, including my writing there. That's enough of the calls to action. There's a lot of them. I'm sorry for that, but yeah. <sighs> it's not like YouTubers. Like, like, share, subscribe. I kind of wish I could just do a simple like, share, subscribe. But yeah, maybe I'll just start doing that as a joke and see what happens. Yeah, thank you to everyone who's continuing to say nice things to me. <laughs> that really does mean a lot. Uh, I don't really know how to cope with that, but thank you. And to everybody who has reached out over the last couple days... Like, I can't say thank you enough. And yeah, so thank you. Uh, oh, until next time, I will see you later. Or here, you'll hear me later. I don't really know how that works. Anyway, don't forget to have the fun. Bye.